welcome back to Starting to Scale. I'm Emmy Faust. I hope you've had a fantastic week. Really excited to have Julia Elliott-Brown on the podcast today. She is CEO and founder of Enter the Arena, a serial entrepreneur with more than 20 years experience in the startup industry. And she now helps female founders secure the investment they need to scale. So on this episode, we explore the range of skills entrepreneurs must demonstrate when raising investment. Julia talks um, us through why only 2% of VC funding goes to women-led businesses and how she helps female founders to overcome this, how she prepares her clients for successful investment meetings and when is the right time for a startup to raise funding. So if you're thinking about getting funding, this is definitely a good episode to listen to and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Julia. Lovely to have Hello. you. Hi, thank you for having me on your podcast. No worries. It's great. Um, I'd love to know a bit more about your background and why you set up Enter the Arena. Oh, right. Where should I start? Well, I've been in the in the startup industry for uh, 20 odd years, something like that. I'm not going to be more specific than that. Um, and I've always been involved in starting businesses, growing them, um, scaling them and funding them. Um, so I've done that with a number of businesses and in, with my last business, which was called Upper Street, which was a fashion tech brand where you could design your own shoes. Um, I raised around about two million pounds in funding for that company. So uh, started off with friends and family money, then angel investors, and then we had venture capital funding. Um, we had money from the bank. Um, I crowdfunded. Amazing. So I've been through all the kind of routes of raising investment. And it was really, really challenging because I didn't have a bloody clue what I was doing when I started out. And I think, you know, I think, um, I don't know if it's the same these days, but we, we founded that business in 2010. And I think probably didn't realize, uh, this is my sister and I who started the business together, didn't realize that how important raising investment would be to help us to scale the business. So it took us a few years to realize that we needed that kind of funding. And um, I kind of just kind of went for it and made loads of mistakes along the way, but obviously learned a ton about how to raise investment. And I think as a female founder with a very female-focused product, that was also particularly challenging because most investors are, well, certainly were back then men oh. and didn't necessarily get um, shoes. So it was a sort of another barrier to overcome. But, uh, you know, ultimately was really, really successful at raising that money. And then unfortunately, that business didn't make it as many startup companies don't. Very few businesses actually go on to be oh. those successful unicorns that we see out there. And um, so uh, about four years, just over four years ago now, we decided to close that business and um, because we just couldn't take it out of its successful niche into the mainstream, if I'm honest with you. It was a, it was a struggle. And when you've got venture capital money on board, that's what you've got to do. You've got to scale the business fast. Yeah. If you can't scale the business, to be honest with you, that sometimes the decision is better to say, you know what, we just can't make it work. Let's, let's, let's call it a day. So we did. That was hard, but I did it. Um, and I realized really that I wanted to stay very much in supporting startups in scaling. I recognized that my skills in fundraising were 
quite unique and valuable because I'd had so many female founders along the way ask me for support and advice on fundraising. And I just, I'd always felt that there wasn't the kind of advice that I wish I'd had when I was out there scaling my business and raising investment. And so that's why I decided to set up Enter the Arena to support women entrepreneurs with successfully raising investment. Amazing. And like you said, um, I remember we actually met a long time ago, didn't we? I think we met, I think it was quite a while ago. Um, and you were running your business at the time. And I remember looking at your shoes and just being like, they are absolutely amazing. And actually, I noticed on your website, I think you're wearing a pair of them in your one of your main photos. Um, and it's really interesting what you say about businesses failing, because I actually had a failed business as well. Um, and I remember for a long time, I was very embarrassed about it failing. And now I look back and I think I learned so much from that. And that's the value that I bring to my clients. And it's interesting that you've now gone on to run a very su- successful business and enter the arena um, by, you know, from everything that you've learned, which obviously all that fundraising and crowd, you know, that's amazing to have been through all that and to be able to share those learnings. So I feel really happy to have you on on the podcast because I know you've got so much to give and you've got a fantastic podcast as well, which I'll put a show um, a link to that in the show notes, fundraising stories with women entrepreneurs. And what we're going to talk about today is the challenge that female founders face and how to overcome those challenges. Obviously you've worked with a huge number of female founders and I know you've had a lot of successes. Um, but you know, listening, I I've obviously listened to your podcast and I've been on your webinars and things like that. And it's clear that there are, challenges for female founders it's challenges for for everyone isn't there but I'm really keen to find out from you more about that Mm. I mean yeah you're right in that raising investment is tough whether you're a female entrepreneur or male entrepreneur it's 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 not easy Um, because there's a lot involved with raising investment you know you have to have a really strong business proposition you have to understand how investors are going to assess that. You have to be able to communicate the opportunity really, really effectively. So you've got to get really good at kind of um, presenting the opportunity, kind of, you know, either in written format or speaking with people. You've got to get really numerate. You've got to have really good financial forecasts. There's some financial skills there. And then there's the whole piece about kind of understanding the whole investment ecosystem. You know, where the hell do you even start to find investors? How do you reach out to them? How do you have a meeting with them? You know, it's all, all of that stuff is kind of like a big black hole for most entrepreneurs when you've never raised investment. So it's tough. But for female founders, I mean, the, the stats are terrible in terms of how much investment goes to women and they're not getting any better, annoyingly. You see different stats bandied around, but one of the stats that I keep seeing popping up that doesn't change is that around about 2.7% of venture funding goes to women-led businesses. Mm. It's really quite shocking. So the question is why? Mm, yeah, what- I was going to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, for a start, I suppose about a third of businesses that get set up are set up by women. So there are less women setting up businesses for various reasons. And and often women are setting up businesses because they want a lifestyle business and there's nothing wrong with that. So not all female-led businesses are the kind of businesses that want to scale, want to become big. But um, there is quite a big difference between the kind of mental sort of outlook with many women and men in that um, women 
are they kind of often don't believe in themselves as much as they might mm. do. So you might have set up a business which is going quite well, but what I've what I, the sort of what I hear from a lot of women is kind of well, I've got this business and I think it's okay, but I'm not really sure. I don't really know if I could scale it. So that's the first thing is women not sometimes seeing that there is a possibility to take their business to the next level because they they're just not not conditioned to think big. Mm. So that's the first thing. And then when women kind of go, hang on a minute. Yeah, I do think I've got a great business and I could scale it. Oh, hang on a minute. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I want to take the risk of going out there and raising investment because I might fail. So we've got this big fear of failure and women want to have everything right and ready before we go out and do it. Whereas the guys are much more likely to go, yeah, I think I can do this. I'm just going to jump off the cliff and I'm pretty sure I'm going to land. You know, us women don't do that. We want to go through like eight weeks of parachute training with a, with an instructor, you know, to get yeah. right. <laughs> so, um, so there's, so there's that that holds them in back sometimes. And then let's get to the position where you kind of go, yeah, I've got a great business. I want to scale it. I think I can raise investment. Um, and then they're kind of like, well, I don't think I've got the, the, the skills to do this. So I, I don't think I'm going to do it. I think I'm just going to stay where I am. I'm really nervous about kind of the, the guys in suits, the investors coming in and taking part of my business. And my business is my baby. You know, I think women are a bit more like that. Yeah. Our business is like we have children, you know, we just don't want to give it up because a lot of the time we set up businesses to get away from um, the man to get away from corporate life so that we can have a nice work life balance and, and build the business we want. And we're really fearful of what we perceive to be investors coming in and taking control. And it doesn't have to be like that if you know how to do it well, but there's a, there's a fear there. And then when we, we get ready and we think, oh, I'm overcoming all those fears and I'm going to go out and raise investment, we realize that actually the investment community is very male and it's the structure of how it's been set up over years is a very male construct as many industries are. So women have to figure out how to navigate that in a different way and have to speak the language of investors, which is often quite different from the way women do business. But, you know, many, many women are super successful. So you get these women entrepreneurs who don't, don't see those issues because they perhaps come from a very male dominated industry where they've never seen, um, gender bias or um, they're used to dealing with guys. So they mm. go out and raise investment because they're used to it. If you're a woman who's come from a more, um, a softer background, a creative background, um, it can be quite intimidating and challenging to go out and raise investment. There's all those things. That's kind of from the, from the female entrepreneur side. And then you've got the investment community side, which is which will have unconscious or conscious bias against female founders and, and and most of it isn't explicit but they see a woman walk into the room and they start to make some judgments about well you know can she can she do this because you know isn't she going to go and have babies and yeah. has she really got the balls to do this and can she really take the risks and and those are con- that conditioning from investors and it's from both female and male investors female as well comes from years and years of, of how the system's been. So it takes a long time to sort of unravel the conditioning that women have as entrepreneurs and the conditioning that investors have. It was interesting listening to your interview with Pip Jameson. She was saying exactly that, that, you know, sometimes when she was going to investor meetings, um, she could feel that, you know, some of the men and even some of the women that she was talking to were talking to her partner and not to her and things like that. 
But I mean, the, the worst thing is if we go in as women with the belief that we are going to be discriminated against in some way, it, the, 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 the problem is that it then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. Um, so, so, you know, for me, what's so important when I work with female entrepreneurs is, is smashing down those preconceptions around the, the bias that they're going to have against them and getting them to the point where they feel confident and have belief in themselves and totally understand how to spot um, any bias and how to deal with it. That's brilliant. So you're basically giving them the confidence to go into those meetings and just to be able to deal with everything, which, which I mean, those meetings are going to be stressful anyway, aren't they? Because you're just, you want, you want to get money to be able to scale your business. And quite often without that money, it's not going to yeah. continue. Yeah, but, but the challenge is getting your mindset into a place where you don't feel that pressure and that stress that you go in to speak to investors kind of feeling like, hang on a minute, I've got a great business and I've, I've worked through my plans and you know what, actually I'm on a fast train to success. You know, do you want to get on? And I'll take you there with me rather than feeling like you're going with a begging bowl. And there's a lot that goes into getting yourself feeling that confident. And a lot of that is around having the right skills. So making sure that you've got all the skills you need to raise investment, that you've got all your assets ready that, and that you've got the right strategy and the right support around you. So that when you do go out to get investment, you kind of got this bulletproof mindset and it doesn't mean that you have a bulletproof I don't mean bulletproof in that you're kind of hard and brittle that's not what I mean but it's about being able to take the knocks that you will get when you go out and raise investment it's about being able to ride the the right. roller coaster of entrepreneurialism which whether you're raising investment or not we all know that 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 roller coaster is really tough isn't it it's really tough so do you do you go along to the investor meetings with your clients that or you're helping from the background and giving them their mindset and the, the strategy and the confidence and the guidance so that when they're in those meetings, they're totally fine. Yeah, very, very much behind the scenes because ultimately when you're raising investment, investors want to hear from you, the entrepreneur. You're the person they're actually in, interested in investing in more than the idea itself, actually. I mean, you are more important than the business in many, many ways. So my role is, is um, I mean, if you liken it to, say, for example, professional sports coaching, you know, you don't, you don't see Andy Murray's coach out there with him on the court, smashing the volleys yeah. across, Very, not at all. But all the work that's gone into being a professional tennis player about, you know, the, the skills you develop, the mindset, getting you fit, understanding your components, analyzing matches, um, changing your strategy, all of that kind of stuff. It's very similar when you're, when you're working with, a professional coach in whatever area you're in. Um, you shouldn't rely on them to come out and do the job for you. It's about empowering you. Might, you know, if, if I've done my job well, people don't need me. That's, that's you know, brilliant. that's the goal. That's brilliant. So um, obviously there are lots of challenges for, the, for female founders and what can they do to prepare themselves for those challenges? You know, what, what do you, what, what recommendations can you give listeners? Uh, I mean, there are, there are so many things involved with fundraising. I and mean, I think the, the first thing is really making sure that you've got um, a strong business proposition. That's the foundations. You know, and if you haven't got a business that is, uh, has got the potential to scale and a plan on how you're going to get there, it's not going to be of, of interest to investors. So a lot of people kind of spend, they sort of start diving straight into building a pitch deck. 
And it's a bit like sort of putting paint on a building before you check that the foundations are really strong and the structure of the walls is good. It, it's sort of, it, it, it's not very helpful. So that's the first thing is really understanding the strength of your business. Um, and depending on how long your business has been going, a lot of that is about understanding the metrics that make your business work. So data is so important when you're going out and talking to investors. So what are the what are the cogs in cogs in the in the process that that are contributing to your success? So whether that is website traffic, whether it's conversion rates, whether it's average order values, your cost per acquisition, your repeat customer rates, all of those kind of fundamental um, performance indicators that, that underpin the success of your business, you've got to really, really understand those well. Mm. That's always a really good place to start is make sure that you've got your, your data and you understand how your business functions. That's a really good place to start. Yeah, I always say that to people that I'm working with if they're looking to secure investment, that you know you need to have some traction and you need to be able to show that you know some figures to potential investors. But do you have many people coming to you that um, are looking for investment and they haven't got to that point yet um, where they've already got traction? You know, it's kind of an idea and they built a website, but they haven't started promoting it. And then they need, you know, at that point, do you say, do you, do you send them away and say, you know, say they're looking for their seed funding that, you know, 150,000 SEIS, would they need to have that traction for you to want to work with them and for investors to invest in them? Or do you see um, investors getting involved and you'd get involved in a business before they've actually got that traction? I mean, it's the more traction you've got, the more it de-risks the opportunity for investors. So it's, it's helpful to show that you've got momentum. But of course, you know, people do raise money for their businesses at, at quite early stages, whether it's idea stage or whether it's when you're at minimum viable product stage, pre-launch. Um, so traction can mean lots of things. I mean, ideally, you want paying customers, but it can. Mm. it's about proving product to market fit. And you can do that before launch if you, you know, buy things like um, customer research and surveys, things like that. Um, analyzing the market, getting market reports. So there's always kind of some data and evidence that you can gather, even if you're quite early on. And just because you're really early stage, it doesn't mean you can't raise investment, but you've just got to know where to look for it. So speak to the kind of people who are most likely to invest in you at that point. And in all honesty, especially if you're a first-time entrepreneur, when you're really early stage, the people who are most likely to invest in you are people that know you and trust you personally because you're a big risk at this point. Yeah. You haven't really proved anything with the business. So people who, who, who know and trust you, they kind of go, they know you're a stand-up person. They know that you can deliver because they've worked with you. They've seen you operate. They've been a friend of yours for a long time. They're a connection through your family. That's where you can have most success raising investment at an early stage. And for a lot of entrepreneurs, they feel really uncomfortable with that. It's like, oh, God, no, I can't possibly ask people I know to back me. And again, I think if you're, if you're convinced that you have got a fantastic business opportunity here, it's about flipping it, really, and saying, actually, why wouldn't you ask people you know if they're interested in backing you on that opportunity? If you really believe in it, surely you want to give people that opportunity. So mm. again, it's, it's about getting your mind in the right place and mm. also knowing, knowing how to do it in the right way because it can, it can, if you don't, it can feel uncomfortable. 
I totally get that. I can see that it's really uncomfortable. I think it's that thing, isn't it, where people say, oh, I don't want to be seen to be selling myself um, when you're a consultant or something like that. And actually, if you flip it around to like, I know I can really help people and I, that's what I want to do is I want to help people, then you're not selling yourself and in the same way if you think you've got an amazing business opportunity and you're asking your friends and family if you, they want to invest, you're giving them the chance to be part of something amazing. But I can see that it is quite... Um, scary having to go to your friends and family but that but you know then there's the SEIS isn't there which is a great um opportunity for investments to get investors to get some tax relief yeah so that's um really fantastic I mean I obviously I've been on one of your webinars which is brilliant I've listened to some of your podcasts you've got a wealth of information about so much to do with um funding and we're just sort of touching the surface here but I like to keep these um chats relatively short um, is there anything, what would be um, your sort of, if, and I would say, of course, you've probably got loads and loads of advice, but if there was one thing you could give to the audience around, around securing investment um, and, you know, one thing that they should really look to do, what would that piece of advice be? I know you've probably got loads, but just. Yeah, it's really hard to find <laughs> one. I mean, I think it's about, you know, um, educate yourself, um, develop your the skills that you need and be inspired by all the amazing women who have been out there trailblazing and raising investment because there are actually so many of them and it's one of the jobs I'm trying to do with my podcast which has been going for nearly 18 months now is is showcase those amazing entrepreneurs so that's a great place to start you know if you like podcasts and, and hopefully they're listening to your podcast so you probably do but go go and check out um fundraising stories with women entrepreneurs and and be inspired and all those women who who are sharing their challenges how they overcame them their top tips a great place to start I think that's fantastic because it is inspiring isn't it just listening to um your podcast earlier today and it was it's so great to hear you know I've I've been through um setting up and starting up and scaling businesses and I and I could hear it in the interview, you know, and I was like, I could resonate with all of that. And I think it's so nice to know that you're not the only person and that everyone's going through these challenges and then to see people raising amazing amounts of money. Um, and even I have seen that there are people still raising. I know it's a difficult time to be raising money now, but there are still some people that are securing money. So it's great. Thank you so much, um, Julia, for coming on. I really appreciate it. We will link to your website and to the arena and to all your social and media links and to your podcast in the show notes. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? No, that's good. I mean, I just, w- I wish you all the best, you know, and I think, um, Thank you. female founders, we need to, we need to think big and figure out how we can get around any of those challenges because believe, believe me, you can always get around challenges if you set your mind to it. Exactly. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, that's a pleasure and me. Best of luck. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Starting to Scale with Emmy Faust. That's me. It has been great to have you listening again this week. If you know other founders that are looking to grow profitable, sustainable businesses, then please do let them know about this. And it would make my day if you leave me a review on iTunes and let me know what you are enjoying from this podcast. If you want to get in touch, you can do that through my website, emmyfaust.com. And don't forget, I've got lots of great resources on my website. Go to emmyfaust.com forward slash free. Have a fantastic week and I look forward to catching up with you again next week.